everyone. Welcome back to Exhibiting Kinship, the podcast dedicated to discussing Indigenous interventions in the museum world. I'm Felicia Garcia. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Miranda Roberts, your other host. We're back after a, <laughs> a really long break. So this is really exciting for us. Yes, we're excited to be back. Thank you, everyone, for your patience and your understanding during this time. So we thought since Miranda and I both have a ton of updates to share um, that we would do a sort of quick unedited catch-up episode before we share any of the other amazing uh, episodes that we have recorded. And so um, this will just be a really casual opportunity for us to share what we've been up to and catch up with each other as well. Definitely. And maybe we should mention that we're now award-winning too, though. We know. Yes. <laughs> What is it? The National EMP Network Award uh, awarded us um, a Social Advocate Award for 2021. Yes, that was, oh my gosh, I was so surprised and so honored. Um, you should follow them on Instagram if you don't. They're just NEMP Network. That's their handle. So they're the National Emerging Museum Professional Network. And there's a ton of local chapters also and so I'm sure they have one in your state or in your city so definitely check them out um, but yeah it was there were so many cool awardees and it was really fun to attend the virtual ceremony so I'm just so honored that we were nominated me too it's been a, it was nice it was a nice little surprise there in December to get that nomination and to share it with you and yeah I couldn't attend the online um, conf or award but being able to watch it later and it's been it's been nice to know that our work is being seen and heard. Definitely. It was a good motivation for me to sort of get back into the the mindset of uh, working on this podcast, which I do really love to do. But I think all of us were really burnt out sort of at the end of 2021. And so I'm excited to be excited to be excited about the work again in 2022. Yes, definitely. I agree. I agree completely. So why don't we go ahead and jump into some of those big changes that happened, Felicia? Tell us, tell us everything that you've been going through. Right, well, not everything, <laughs> <laughs> but every the career changes. I'll, we'll share. We'll share all the museum and career updates. Um, <laughs> um, the rest can go on a, a bloopers reel or exhibiting kinship after hours. <laughs> Um, so I'm so excited. This is so wild. I mean, we both have new careers and I'm really excited for Miranda to share what she's been up to, but I'll just go first. Um, I did not expect to, to leave my job in 2021. Um, and so it was a really tough decision for me, but I'm really happy with where I've ended up. And so, um, <clears throat> I now work as the community outreach manager for an indigenous data sovereignty project called Local Context. And it is a project that is sort of housed at New York University, which is where I went to grad school, but it is not really tied to NYU. And so it's just an amazing international project. A lot of my colleagues are based in Aotearoa and are Maori, but we're spread out all over the the world. And so um, I guess I can give a little bit of background about what local context is, context is. Um, so I'm reading, just a side, a side note, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I'm reading this really cool book right now called Cataloging Culture by Hannah Turner. And it's about how 
uh, when museums were created um, and all of the cataloging happened manually and was done by a lot of like just random civilians or amateur archaeologists. Um, there are a lot of biases uh, about indigenous people and honestly racist beliefs that were sort of built into the cataloging systems. And as museum cataloging systems evolved over time, those biases and racist ideologies continued to persist. But as things became digitized and more routine, the biases were sort of overlooked and um, the cataloging systems were taken to be objective um, sources of like data, uh, data storage or, you know. Um, and so this is a really cool book that sort of unpacks that. And I brought it up because the work that I do now is sort of was sort of created to address that issue. Um, and so because of these inherent biases, we as Indigenous people know that there are also a lot of issues with access to collections, um, whether that be just accessing them at all or finding pathways to repatriation. And so um, this project was developed um, by my mentor and my advisor from NYU, uh, Dr. Jane Anderson. Um, let me um, just make sure that I name all of the other uh, founders or, or the directors of the project here because it's a, an amazing team of folks. Um, Kim Kristen, uh, Maui Hudson, James Francis. Um, and so these are all the co-directors of the project. And so they created Local Context, which is a system of machine-readable re digital labels to sort of address these inequities in museum and cultural institution cataloging systems. And so they're essentially a vessel to develop better relationships between these institutions and museums with hopes that um, it'll lead to more equitable governance of museum collections and sovereignty um, over cultural material and then even repatriation if possible. And so uh, it's wow. very complicated, but <laughs> um, I am happy to talk about it at length another time. Um, there's a really cool video about the project that I can share on our social media. It's on the local context Instagram. But basically, I work as the... Um, the indigenous community liaison it and so I just get to interface with a lot of really incredible people and so I'm extremely happy to be doing that work and I think we'll eventually have a local context episode I'd love to have some of the uh, co-directors on the podcast in addition to that I've also been doing some writing for Native American Arts Magazine which has been really fun and then just continuing with the contract work surrounding land acknowledgments so that's my update oh <laughs> one more thing I am still based in uh, Tewa Territory, Ogopoge. Uh, I did not leave and move to New York, as some people might have thought. I'm really privileged to get to work remotely, um, which has been really wonderful because I love it here. So that's my update. Oh, I'm so proud and so happy for you. You just look amazing and you sound amazing and you sound happy. And I love that that's the energy that we're moving into 2022 with um, this podcast and for each other. It's just, oh. Makes me happy. Um, I guess I'll just go ahead and jump right into mine. So I have made the transition. I'm no longer a postdoctoral fellow um, at the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago. I left, um, geez, in August of last year. Um, 
I am still though working with them contractually on um, and finishing up that updated exhibition hall that is supposed to open in um, May of 2022. Um, I'm still checking in regularly on meetings and helping to make sure that the um, stories that I help to curate with community members um, is going well and ensuring that it stays true to the visions that we've had. And I've been very fortunate um, to be able to stay in contact with my colleagues there to see how it's going. And so that will be opening and I will be attending all of those events. Um, but my main job now um, is as the education manager at the Museum of Us, formerly the Museum of Man in San Diego, which is on the unceded, unceded um, lands of the Kumeyaay Nation. Um, and it has been a very good transition, a very beautiful one where um, as education manager, I'm overseeing um, a school-based project, but I'm also working um, under the umbrella of our decolonial initiative um, um, directorship, which allows for us to ensure that the work that we're doing in education, whether it be the development of workshops, the development of um, curriculum, the development of tours is done from a decolonial perspective and honoring the communities that we're bringing in. Right now, um, a lot of that work, though, is still being developed, and I feel very fortunate to be able to kind of springboard those things. Um, we're able to kind of, because of the pandemic, um, we're able to reimagine what those offerings look like. We're also in the middle of beginning to update some of our exhibitions. And so really on the uh, foreground of thinking about what those offerings look like moving forward. Um, so that way we can continue to educate the public um, through empathetic practices of what it means to be um, good, good citizens of this world and to each other. Um, and also helping to educate about the harmful legacy that colonialism continues to have. Um, and also kind of get people on the same page about like, how do we become upstanders in our community for each other? How do we act in support of the different communities that we are not a part of while honoring our community? So I feel very fortunate. Um, and I hope that my supervisor and friend will want to join us here as the Decolonial Initiatives Director at the museum who has done so much great work at laying the foreground for um, not only that institution, but I think for the overall museum field on how we can work better with um, indigenous people and also um, black communities and uh, Middle Eastern communities and refugee communities and really thinking about what it means to um, work um, with these groups of people in a museum space. Um, so it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of meaningful work. And I'm all very fortunate to have those types of opportunities afforded to me right now. Um, and I'm also, um, I've also written for Native American Art Magazine recently as well, which I'm still um, very fortunate to be a part of the art world as much as I can. And uh, being able to have a space where I engage with that sort of work has been helpful. Um, and I love it. I love being able to engage with Native artists and seeing where they're taking things. Um, I'm also on the panel for a new, uh, for a new fellowship um, the selection committee um, for a new uh, project called the Ford Project, which I'm reading from the website, but I want to make sure that I get it right how I'm talking about this. And we can definitely tag them um, in, on our social media so people can see what we're talking about. But um, as a selection committee member um, for this project, which is seeking um, a 2022 cohort of six indigenous individuals that represent a broad diversity of cultural practices 
participatory research and organizing models and geographic contexts that honor indigenous past as well as build native futures. And so each FORGE project fellow will receive a total of $25,000 towards their practice and their project. And we'll have full access um, to the FORGE project site libraries and lending collection, um, which is based in upstate New York. I believe that in the next, this next summer, I'll be traveling up there to upstate New York to do presentations up there. Um, and so basically, if there's more questions, please feel free to inbox us um, or to also inbox those um, on the website. But I'm very privileged to be able to be working along um, the sides of um, fellow, former fellows Misty Cook, um, Dr. Anton Twyer, um, Guy Hapania, other people who are just doing really great, beautiful work. And I want to thank Heather Briesel, who is um, Oneida Stockbridge Muncie, who nominated me to be a part of this committee. Um, and I feel a very big responsibility to be able to be a part of that. And also just doing other curation, the podcast, staying as busy as possible and enjoying San Diego, <laughs> which I'm just very fortunate to be able to live in. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> All amazing things. I love that we are both writing for Native Art Magazine and I just learned that now. <laughs> I know, I forgot when you mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, I did that too. Uh, yes, yeah, so Rand and I have, we're just catching up right now too. So this has been really fun for us. But um, like Miranda said, it's, we've had a lot of emails sort of get lost in our transition. So if you have any sort of inquiries or just want to reach out, please feel free to DM the podcast Instagram. You can email us at exhibitingkinship at gmail.com or you can DM our personal Instagram accounts. We're totally fine with that. Also, I'm just so happy for you. I feel like we've been constantly fangirling about, or I've been fangirling about the Museum of Us. <laughs> Every opportunity I get, because I feel like they've just been such an amazing model for the field. And obviously every institution has, you know, there are things that they have to work on, but I think it's just such a good fit for you. And I'm excited to see the work that you do. Thank you. And I can't wait for us to continue to build connections for people. I think what I hope too is people are still on, you don't know that much about the Museum of Us. I think because the name change happened in the very beginning of the pandemic, it was the Museum of Man. Um, and I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity for people to want to engage with that institution more and to learn more about it um, for their own decolonial um, initiatives work. Um, I hope that this will be a springboard for it. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> Again, we mentioned it in past episodes, but I'm just going to bring it up again that you should look up their repatriation policy because I think that is just something that um, is really going to change and inspire change within the field. And so, um, yes, so excited for you. Um, we also have some podcast updates. Um, I guess I can go first sharing some of the episodes that we have coming up. We recorded these back in 2021, several months ago. And so I'm sure our guests are really eager to have their episodes posted. And I am just so excited to share uh, their amazing words with you all. So um, <clears throat> first up, we have uh, Najun Menka, who is a lawyer. She is Athabascan in Lumbee and she is the Tribal Culture um, Cultural Resources Project Policy Fellow at Berkeley Law. And so her episode will be airing realistically probably in February. <laughs> and then like Miranda said, we just have tons on our plates. So I think you can expect that. <laughs> 
episode in February. Um, and then after that, we have Dr. Joseph Aguilar, who is an archaeologist uh, from San Ildefonso Pueblo. And their episodes were both incredible. Just, I don't know, everyone who comes on the, sh- the podcast just has um, like the most incredible things to say. And there's just such a broad range of experience and backgrounds. And so I'm really excited to share those episodes with you all. Me too. And I always, I, what I love about our podcast is it always feels like it's more of a conversation um, about these topics uh, and that we give our audiences the opportunity to learn more. Um, like, a, like I said earlier, like a springboard into these big, to- these larger topics. So I'm real excited for them to hear those ones. Um, and I'm I guess sorry. I can go, oh no, <laughs> we're getting back just- into this. <laughs> I just had a flashback to a few days ago. I actually got to meet up with Najoon um, at 10,000 Waves here in Santa Fe. So we were hanging out in the hot tub talking about the podcast and Indigenous Museum, other Indigenous Museum topics. So it really is just like the conversations that we are having in the hot tub are very similar to the conversations had on the podcast. So I do love that really casual aspect of of these episodes. I love that. I love that so much. Oh, makes me jealous. I can't. I need to. I need to get to Santa Fe. Um, I guess that leads us to to our other um, update is that we will be adding music um, as like introduction or like even closing remarks um, to ours. We've been to our podcast. Um, we are very fortunate to have um, been given the musical um, just the, with no words. Um, but just the um, instrumentals by Lakota hip hop artist, Frank Wong, the um, instrumentals from the song, My Stone. I have been very fortunate and privileged to be able to work with Frank on um, the Field Museum exhibition, where there will be a story about his career and his life um, and his integration of the use of Lakota flutes and his music um, in that um, new exhibition space. And so when I asked him if we could use that song, which is very personal to him and his relationship to his mother. He jumped at the chance. And so having him um, be the person whose music we use is, I feel, and having worked with him in museum spaces and the work he's done is, just, it all ties together and I think really fits nicely with our title, which is Exhibiting Kinship. I see him as a brother. Um, and so I think it's just another way to kind of tie it all together. I love that. I'm so excited to add music. I feel like, I mean, we're really just learning as we go. Anything that happens on the podcast, I have to Google to figure out how to do it. So (laughs) bear with us as we add this music, but I think it's really going to take the podcast to another level. And I'm so grateful that Frank said yes and is letting us use his music. It's going to be really a great addition. And also Felicia is in the new exhibition too at the Field Museum. Um, she doesn't have a full exhibition space, but she will be her voice and her knowledge about land acknowledgements will also um, be featured in that. So I'm excited that we're able to kind of just bridge all of these things together to really show like that we're changing, trying to change, well, the field museum and the field of museums <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to travel and visit more museums, hopefully in the near future. That's definitely at the top of my list once the new exhibition opens. Let's see. What else do we have on our list here? 
Okay, something I'm really excited about is that we are almost at a thousand followers on our Instagram, which is just wild to me. I'm like Same. every single one of you who follows us, I just have so much appreciation for you. So thank you for your support. Um, and to show our appreciation, as we mentioned, I think a couple of posts back on the Instagram, we'll be doing a giveaway once we hit that thousand follower mark. And so as of this recording, I think we're four away. I think we're at 996 followers. So maybe by the time this post, we'll hit a thousand. Who knows? But we'll be sure to uh, remind you all on Instagram uh, that that's happening. And um, we have two really exciting prizes that are involved in the giveaway so the first is a pair of earrings made by Ogla Lakota artist Nikayla Patton and then the second is a print that was made by Poyomi McDermott who um, did the podcast the art for our podcast and so um, we're really happy to be able to give those away and just say thank you to you all for your support so um, yeah keep your eye out on the Instagram and We'll share more information about how to enter the giveaway. Yes, thank you everyone for for doing for just following us and staying with us and supporting us. And I'm excited about the giveaway and just we always we see your messages of support and appreciation on there, and we do our best to interact when we can. So I'm excited that we can continue to grow our audience. Um, on a similar note, I have neglected our website in the last couple of months. Um, <laughs> I told uh, Miranda just before we started recording that I had I lost a debit card, which was what I was using to pay for our subscription on Squarespace. So I will be sure to get that back up and running um, and post all of I think it's up to date right now with all of our episodes that are out, but um, I'll make sure to get this one up there as well. And um We'll start adding to our resources tab again. And if any of you have any good resources that you, you'd you like us to put on the website, please feel free to send those our way. Like we're happy to use it as um, a community space to just share resources uh, with each other. So uh, like I said, feel free to DM us or email us. Um, yeah, I think that's it as far as podcast updates. Do you have anything else, Miranda? No, not podcast. I think that's it. I think it's just been a wild ride up until now. And I'm glad that we're finally back at it. Yeah. Has it been a year? Have we been doing this for a year? That's what it tells me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I, I I think so. I think it has been a year since we decided to do this. And I know it's been a few months since we posted an episode, but um, yeah, when we decided to do this, it was like, let's just do it and see what happens. Um, yeah, I think that's been the approach yeah. <laughs> throughout this experience, but it's worked out so far and I'm, I'm really excited to be in my new job and have some more flexibility to be able to work on the podcast. And it was really nice to have, I just went home and spent some time with my family. And so I feel just totally re-energized and excited to come back to this work and bring you all, um, more episodes. This, this is just a fun project and, I feel so lucky that we have this platform and I get to share space with Miranda. Same, same. Yeah. And, you know, also too, if you ever in, if you ever want to come to at least for the museum of us, well, Felicia, obviously, whenever you're in town <laughs> and then anyone, you know, please reach out and, and we can have, you know, see if that makes sense right now. I know things are scary again with what's going on with the pandemic, but, you know, um, figuring out ways to stay connected and, 
interact with what we're doing is I think super important. So, And I'm not affiliated with a museum at the moment, but if you're ever in Ogopoge, I know a lot of people pass through. So if you're ever in town and you want to meet up for a coffee or to visit one of the other, the one of the local museums here, definitely send me a message. I'd be happy to connect with any of you all. Awesome. All right. Are we, are we there? Are we at the end? I think so. I think if anyone wants us to talk about, I guess also like Felicia was saying, like send us suggestions or if there's things, you know, just inbox us and we'll do our best to get back to you. Maybe one day we'll do a Q&A where we just address some of the questions that come our way from episodes past or, um, you know, I think that might be a good idea in the future. I like that idea. It just hit me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I know we talk about a lot of different things on those on those episodes and if people have more questions or want to know more please just let us know and maybe we can that can be something we do really quickly another quick 30 minute type of episode where we just kind of answer those questions I, I'd also love to do another Instagram live yeah we need to do that too I think that's a great just idea mix it up a little bit um. yeah you're right <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. But don't forget, oh, yeah. we have we have our tradition. We do. We do. Wait, let me go first because I feel oh, like please. you have to be the closer because they're so amazing. <laughs> um, so I actually don't know who made mine, which I'm really ashamed about. But I got mine. They're like these really beautiful, just kind of simple dentalium dangly earrings with little like Swarovski crystal beads on them. But I received them in my swag bag at the swaya fashion show this past year it was an incredible swag bag and um they're from beyond buckskin um which if you don't follow them or haven't checked out their website please um give them a look they just support a number of different indigenous artists they have tons of really cool clothes jewelry um all indigenous made um it's was founded by Dr. Jessica Metcalf, who's an incredible Indigenous scholar. So um, check them out, and I will pass it off to Miranda. Thank you. Yes, please check them out. And I am wearing a pair that are um, our first episode guest and my apologist sister, Nina Sanders, made. Um, they, I got them from her um, probably a few. They're made from Dentellium. They're like ear they fall down to like past my shoulders a little bit. Um, they, um, I met her and then she posted these and I want, and I got them from her and it was after only, I think a few days or weeks after I had initially, um, met her and she has repaired them for me several times because I might lose a bead or something happens. Um, but they're also the earrings I wore, which is still upcoming. They're still getting these things, but for my TEDx talk that happened almost a year ago, they were the ones I wore at that time too um so and i'm just holding her in my heart right now she's gone through some personal things but i just want her to know that i love her and i'm always thinking of her so i just wanted to wear them on this episode today as that kind of semblance those are so beautiful they're amazing well i need to get back on the earring posting um on our instagram and we'll definitely have to post a picture of these because they are gorgeous all right well i think that's it thank you all for listening we're excited to post our new episodes in the next few months um and we'll 
see you, talk to you soon. <laughs> yes, we'll see you and talk to you. All right. So, All right. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye.